Welcome to a very special episode of History Talks with Garrett. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking about Rockefeller's impact on America, his positive and impact, positive and negative impacts, and how he became the billionaire. Because on this day in history, he became the first billionaire in the United States. And I posted that on my TikTok. If you're not following me on TikTok, you should follow me or watch my YouTube shorts because I post the same stuff on there but daily i post this day in history videos and since i wrote an essay about rockefeller's impact on america when i was in college i thought i'd share it let's get into it John D. Rockefeller was born in Richford, New York on July 8, 1839 to William and Eliza Rockefeller. His parents were descendants of immigrants from France, fleeing to Germany after Louis XVI revoked the Edict of Nantes and changing their surname from uh, Rockefellers to Rockefeller, spelled differently, and they are on the screen if you're watching the YouTube. If not, it's R-O-Q-U-E-F-E-U-I-L-L-E-S. They changed it to what we see today with R-O-C-K-E-F-E-L-L-E-R. While Rockefeller's impact on history was positive, the impact was still rattled with negative connotations. John Davison Rockefeller, or John D. Rockefeller, started his first business at the age of seven, where he sold turkeys, saving most of his profits. He also sold candy with his siblings and even worked on nearby farms as a day laborer. His many businesses at a young age taught him a hard work ethic that allowed him to start how to run a business that launched him to be the richest man. By age of 16, he left his schooling at the high school level to go to a commercial school in Cleveland, Ohio. He learned bookkeeping principles and how to manage commercial financial accounts and transactions there for 50 cents a day. Rockefeller recounts that once he finished, he had a difficulty finding someone to take him on at such a young age. But he eventually did a brokering company, partnering buyers with sellers for a percentage of the profits for a fee. Later, he created his trust company with a business partner doing the same thing he started when he was 16, handling the financials. In contrast, his business partner dealt with the day-to-day operations, trying to sell, trying to get sellers and buyers partnered up. Later, around the age of 17 or 18, Rockefeller joined with M.B. Clark to start the firm, both putting up $2,000 for the start of it. Rockefeller would learn new talents of speaking to potential clients and making the deals. At the end of their first year, they would make half a million dollars. That's $500,000. Rockefeller discovered oil, which would become, which how he would become famous. And Rockefeller got a start on oil around 1885 when Benjamin Selman Jr., a chemistry professor at Yale University, was experimenting with a batch of crude oil and discovered it could make kerosene, an oil product that made for better lightning, lighting for gas lamps before Thomas Edison discovered an electric light bulb uh, around 1879. Purified and distilled oil can make lubricated oil, gasoline, and paraffine, which is used to make candles. Selman sent Drake up to Pennsylvania to drill for it. Rockefeller was fascinated with this, making numerous trips to the drilling sites. Eventually, he made his own refinery in 1865 with Samuel Andrews. From the beginning, Rockefeller wanted to keep prices cheap and the same, 
During this time, the prices was changing day by day. It seemed like Rockefeller also wanted to cut down on waste too. This is why he became big because he cut cost and waste down, which made his company bigger and could buy out other companies. While Rockefeller did not invent anything for his business, he and his team each played roles in advancements and innovations to the oil refinery system. These innovations helped Rockefeller buy out our Crescent's competitors, controlling over 90% of the oil until the Supreme Court broke up the Standard Oil Company, which we'll get into later. But that 90% that Rockefeller had controlled came from controlling the oil production, the transportation, and the marketing of oil. He even had dealings with creating pipelines for cheaper transportation since no one had invented the combustible engine yet. In 1868, Jay Gold made a secret deal with Rockefeller and Flanger, a business partner for Subsidiary's company, Allegra Transportation Company. The Cleveland refineries that Rockefeller managed would go on to see 75% rebate on oil shipped through their airy system. This allowed them to send oil to Cleveland and refined oil to New York for only $1.65 per, per barrel, compared to the official rate that others were selling at $2.40 a barrel. It is important to note that making secret business dealings is not a positive impact. However, Rockefeller was able to cut costs at a time when it was crucial to innovate the business to turn more profits. Rockefeller gained great wealth by cutting corners and getting rebates whenever possible. However, Rockefeller did say this on rebate, quote, There are no advantages of re receiving a rebate. It's primary for railroads business, end quote. On March 2nd, 1910, there was a legislation pieces to incorporate the Rockefeller Foundation officially. Senator Gallagher introduced the bill. Rockefeller wanted to create the foundation to organize his philanthropic work. His giving was another positive impact he had. Before 1803, Rockefeller did create his education fund, but was limited to only educational avenues. He wanted to go down other avenues. Rockefeller had given nearly $131 million for advancements in education. $53 million to the Journal Education Board that he founded, $25 million to the University of Chicago, $6 million to the Rush Medical, $6 million to the Rush Medical Research, and $4,300,000 to the Institute of Medical Research, which he founded and is now called the Rockefeller University, and another $30 million to various churches. Rockefeller and other tycoons or robber barons such as J. Gold, J.P. Morgan gave away a percentage of their wealth to appear better to the population and less greedy. Rockefeller believes the best Rockefeller believes the best philanthropy is the help that does the best and the least harm and the help that neutralizes civilization at its roots. Though through Rockefeller's donation, he established the General Education Board in 1903 which was made to study the location and works resources and the value of the institutions of higher learning across America. He wanted to give to vocational skills or substitute education so kids can enter the job market with skills instead of just a college diploma. But mainly for poor, poor youth, he believed the best education for them was vocational training to hold a good position in the factories. Prior to the formation of the board, Rockefeller donated to the New York of Applied Design for Girls, which taught architect, interior design, jewelry, illustration, wallpaper design, and clothing design. 
He also gave to the Pratt Institute, a technical institution for poor children. He donated regularly to the Wilson Industrial School Industrial Union and the First Ward Industrial School, the Manhattan Trade School for Girls that taught them English and math in addition to design and machine operating. However, his donations allowed poor children who could not attend school because of income inequality to have school good skills instead of doing dangerous entry-level work to help at home. It is safe to argue that while these donations were good, if Rockefeller was cursed, if Rockefeller was concerned about the working condition of factories across America, he could have donated to improve the working conditions and advocate for safe workplace for children and adults. However, Rockefeller did not care. He just wanted to ensure that children would work hard for the factories and allow for more profits. Rockefeller also donated large sums of money to enhance medical, re- medical schools and research. In 1910, he created the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research, later renamed to the Rockefeller University, with Dr. Simon Flexer as the head of research. Due to the creation of the Institute of Research, Dr. Simon discovered a remedy for meningitis, a disease that was sweeping the globe during a pandemic. In fact, between the winter of 1904 and 1905, it killed more than 3,000 people. Dr. Flexner discovered that the regular vaccine injection was not reaching the brain. Dr. Flexer experimented with spinal injections being tested with the, I- with the Ohio outbreak in 1907, cutting the death rate of 75% in half. Another doctor at the Institute, Dr. Alexis Carroll, was able to study and experiment with organ transplants. With the, do- with the work of Dr. Carroll, a young father saw his work and was able to get him to operate on his son who had a bad blood disease and needed a vein transplant, which saved his life. An other medical impact on health, on health was the creation of the Rockefeller Sanitation Commission in 1909. This commission was created with a team of doctors sent out to rural towns in America and different countries. Their goal was to test for hookworms and to educate parents and those infected. Infected are concerned at risk on proper hygiene to prevent and get rid of hookworms. They were very successful in eradicating hookworms in 52 other countries. While Rockefeller had many positive impacts, he also had a few negative impacts, which we'll get into when we get back from the break, but they are not limited to monopolistic practices, poor working conditions, and pay. While Rockefeller had many positive impacts, he also had a few negative, including but not limited to monopolistic practices, poor working conditions, and pay. Rockefeller was the founder and president of the Standard Oil Trust. The trust came along when he combined the firms to create the Rockefeller Andrews and Flanger Trust. Rockefeller explains the uniting of the firms by saying, quote, Because the leading to the combination, what is the desire to unite our skill or was the desire? Quote, because the leading to the combination was the desire to unite our skill and capital, end quote. With more capital, the more parts of getting the product to consumers, they can buy out and run. By 1870, they reorganized the firm to create the Standard Oil Company with a stock of a million dollars. Within seven years, the Standard Oil Company grew from 4% to controlling 94% of the refined oil output. This growth was possible through his network acquisitions, pipeline gathering facilities, tank storage farms, tank car loading facilities, 
domestic and overseas wholesale shipping and ship loading facilities. Rockefeller believed he was trying to cut costs by owning a rocket by owning and running all these operations that played a part into it. Instead of paying someone else for their own profit, he can get all the profits. On November 25, 1963, Standard Oil even offered to buy out the British company, the Anglo-American Oil Co. Other business practices shady dealings with the um, railroads in the name of rebates. As discussed earlier in their podcast episode, Rockefeller believed and said earlier that the no advancements from rebates that they were merely for railroad business dealings. However, that was not the case. Rockefeller made secret agreements with railroads to ship um, oil with them only if they gave him a rebate, other known as a discount, driving competitors out of business. It is recorded that an independent refinery said, quote, if we did not sell out, we would be crushed out, end quote, pushing competitors out of business and forcing them to sell and observing their clients and leaving them to close is also the definition of a monopoly. By 1859, the stock was worth $110 million, with a profit of $45 million. And Rockefeller was worth alone $200 million alone. Rockefeller had his fair share of court troubles, too, because of the monolistic practices. The court case Standard Oil Company versus United States alleged Standard Oil was in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. The Sherman Antitrust Act tried to restore market competition by not allowing trust and monopoly activities. However, it did fail to define key words like trust, competition, conspiracy, and monopoly. And Rockefeller did try to use this loophole for his company to win in court. Unfortunately, Standard Oil lost. The Supreme Court ordered to the Supreme Court ordered the language of the Sherman Antitrust Act to change. And part of the opinion was, quote, Standard Oil Company Ohio purchases and obtains interest through stock ownership, controlling production, and the transportation. Standard Oil Company of New Jersey and New York having a capital stamp of $3 million and later in capital start stamp of $5 million, subsequently increased its handling $15 million, respectfully, end quote. So the Supreme Court also ordered Standard Oil to break up. So they did. The Standard Oil New Jersey became Exxon Corporation. New York branch became Mobile Corporation. The California branch became Chevron. And Indiana became Amco Corporation. The Ohio branch with Ohio briefly before renaming, re-renaming it to Standard Oil, while others partnered with Phillips. When considering both the negative and positive impacts John G. Rockefeller had on America, the positive sometimes outweighs the negative, while uh, the negative outweighs the positive, depending on what you look at it. I'm not here to tell you what his impact is, positive or negative. It, it, it is possible that a person can have positive and both negative impacts at the same time on a country or around the ro- world. And John D. Rockefeller probably fits that boat. But I try to keep it just facts here and not my opinions. So, take care. If you have any questions, let me know in the comments on social media. You have a great day. Peace.